0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston Sports podcast. And joining me for the Texans post game show is my co host, Stephen Kerr. And, Stephen, can we talk about anything? Do we have to talk about the Texans in the post game show? Is it, is it a law? <laughs> it's terrible. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, if we call it the Texans post game show, I guess we can't talk about the Rockets because they're doing great. Now, the Astros have finished playing and they're not even worth talking about much lately. So, yeah, I guess we're stuck talking about that uh, miserable performance by the Texans who were about as cold as the weather was in Baltimore. I think the the best line of the day I heard so far, I believe it came from the Texans' own play-by-play voice, Mark Vandermeer, is the Texans came back from London and they uh, looked a bit foggy. <laughs> they certainly did. Yeah, that's
0: that says it all right there. And I, I tell you what, you look at this Colts game and it's pretty much the season because... The Texans defense right now, and we're going to get to the offense, of course, but the defense has no pass rush. There is no chance. If you're the Texans secondary, the Texans secondary continued to get beat up. It was terrible, starting with Mike Adams, one of your safeties. Even though he's a backup, he gets a concussion during warmups somehow. Justin Reed re-injures his shoulder. Lonnie Johnson with the ankle. You had no Bradley Roby. Gary and Conley was beat on a touchdown and didn't look th- that good in that one. And you've got, like I said, no pass rush, no J.J. Watt. Sure would be nice to have Clowney right now. No Clowney. Uh Whitney Merciless without those guys looks terrible, awful to say the least. And you're going to lose against the Patriots. Because if, if you can't get a pass rush against Brady, if, he, if Brady's going to sit back there and you're going to give him all day, it's, it's over and, and not like I actually thought that Bill O'Brien without Coach Belichick, but I mean, it's it's all about Thursday night in the Colts game, and those Thursday night games, it's it's always a toss up, anything can happen. And the Texans, I mean, this is their backs are against the wall, basically.
1: Yeah, it certainly is true. And you would, what I was hoping, Robert, is that the bye week would not only give the Texans a chance to recover from the London trip, because yeah, that's a long trip, a lot of different time zones and things of that nature, but give them a chance to heal, which in a way it did. But then, like you said, the the injuries you just talked about, one right before the game, two during the game, and then just an ineffective play by the secondary. And isn't it interesting how the Texans' run game was doing so well without Jadevian Clowney, without J.J. Watt, and now all of a sudden you have Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, who just basically run over the Texans. So you combine... not being able to stop the run with no pass rush. And it's no wonder that the Ravens just beat the Texans to a pulp on Sunday. Deshaun Watson, uh, I
0: think the MVP thing is over with. We can put that in the grave and
1: put the dirt on top of it. Yeah, we certainly can. I think even after 10 games, at least at, at this moment, I think we can safely assume who the MVP is in the NFL or at least is not. It's not Deshaun Watson, and the anticipated matchup between him and Lamar Jackson that uh, we were talking about, and everybody's been talking about it all week, got pretty lopsided. But uh, to me, and I'm not a voter, I I don't have a vote in the MVP, but at this point, I I think you have to give it to Lamar Jackson. I mean, the guy is, uh, you you know, you talk about Fitz Magic. well, there's Lamar magic, and it's a whole lot better. He's just not just with the runs that he made, but all of his touchdown passes were were through the air. I mean, he, he's not been really known as a passer, but he passed the Texans Dizzy on Sunday.
0: Yeah, this was a, not really a referendum on the MVP, even though some people made it out to be, because Russell Wilson is still lead man in the clubhouse. His numbers are better than Deshaun or Lamar's numbers. Uh, he is having an extraordinary year. Lamar Jackson... You know, he wasn't doing better than Deshaun as a passer, for sure. I mean, as a runner, yeah, he's, you know, on some other level, and he's doing things that we haven't seen since the Michael Vick days. But uh, I don't know if this is like, oh, you just hand Lamar Jackson the MVP after this. No,
1: it's too early for that. You still have six games left. I'm just saying that at this point, if it ended today, that he would certainly have to be in the conversation. Oh, yeah. There's only a two-man conversation now. I think it's those two guys,
0: and, and that's it. But... Uh, let me just talk a little bit about Deshaun, uh, Stephen, because look, I mean, he went back to old Deshaun in this game. He held to the ball way too long in the first half, especially uh, gave up three sacks that were, they were all on him. The first three sacks were on him. Now, Titus Howard didn't block his man on the sack that nearly broke Deshaun's ankle. And hopefully he's going to be okay. He's got five days to tape his ankle back together. I mean, he's, he, he played and uh i'm going to get to the fact that how how much he played in just a bit but you know it's they said they there was five sacks in the first half somehow i missed one of them so not sure what that one was about but the the sixth sack in the in the early in the second half was a jailbreak on a blitz where sharping and Tunsil blocked literally nobody tons of confusion there but this was about deshaun and some missed opportunities and not playing well in the first half. He, he looked inaccurate when he did throw the ball a lot. And 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 it just it, it just wasn't a good game for him. He wasn't helped out either, Stephen, by Kiki Cutie, who finally saw some action after OB had put him in the doghouse. And QT looked bad because not only did he drop a third down pass, they got a penalty after that. Luckily, that kept the drive alive, but could have picked up some big yards in a two-minute drill. And, and also, QT, though, it, it was about him looking like he was in the wrong place a couple of times. He was right near DeAndre Hopkins on on patterns where you were like, why, why are you right next to DeAndre? I know the pattern isn't drawn up for you guys to run alongside each other. So, uh, I mean, he didn't get some help there, but Deshaun went back to not getting rid of the football and, and basically,
1: you know, taking a lot of hits he didn't need to take. Yeah. That's again, I think we have to say that at least half the sacks were on Deshaun and not the offensive line. And of course, one of those instances where he got sacked, he fumbled the ball, and it was only because Justin Tucker missed a field goal that the score wasn't even more lopsided than it became. And then, of course, you know, the, the others that, that you talked about, it, The you know, Watson had the time to throw on many of those sacks. It's just excellent coverage by the Ravens' defense. But, yeah, in a couple of those instances, he just he went back to the old Deshaun and held the ball too long. And just when we thought that he was making progress in that area. He just had one of those games that he just didn't look like the Deshaun that we've been used to seeing the last few weeks. And you know just when we think that he's making strides, he takes that step back. And I think that's a, really what's going to keep him separated from being a consistently elite quarterback in the NFL. You, you can't have just a few magical, spectacular games and then take a step or two back a couple of times and then have another great game you, you've got to be consistent a lot more than I think Deshaun Watson has been this season I'm going to get back to Deshaun in just a second but you meant you
0: mentioned uh the Justin Tucker missed field goal at the start of the game his first missed field goal of the season it was like seeing Haley's Comet right there then uh there was a, a fake field goal that was snuffed out nicely by A.J. Moore but that could have easily been two scores right there, and then after that, the defense nine play ninety yard drive, seven play seventy yard d- drive, six play seventy eight j- yard drive, six play fifty two yard drive, uh, six play eleven yard drive that leads to a field goal. Uh, there was another touch. I mean, they literally could have scored on every single possession. That's how bad the defense was. But you get back to Deshaun and the offense, and and they're going to have to get it done at this point. Because the defense is in shambles, and it's, it's not going to work without a pass rush and J.J. Watt. So this is all about Deshaun. And, you know, it was just uh, – it, it was frustrating because here's where we are with Deshaun Steven. His two biggest games were, I think, the eyes of the world were on him. And I tweeted this out. I said two I of the last that. 11 games, uh, he's playing the Colts, and he's playing the, the Ravens. Colts in the playoffs, Ravens. And really – your playoff game is huge, and late in the season when you're uh, playing one of your big AFC contenders and everybody, it's the game of the day. Those are your two biggest games. I know people want to go back to the Saints Monday night game, and he played really well on Monday night football, but that's an NFC game. I got a I got a lot of crap because I didn't mention that, or I didn't mention the Chiefs game. He played well against the Chiefs, but let's remember that Patrick Mahomes had an injured ankle that entire game. He wasn't the same Patrick Mahomes that we're used to seeing. So Deshaun Watson, two of his last eleven games, let's look at it against the Colts and the Ravens. He had two touchdowns, 14 points total in eight quarters, and we're talking about a guy that you you want to you want to think that he's going to show up big when it when it matters most.
1: Well I think it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about you you can't be an elite quarterback like a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, and and I think you can start to enter Lamar Jackson in that conversation, even though he's only in his second year. But you you can't be an elite quarterback consistently and and have that many games like that. Now, obviously, every quarterback is going to have a bad game. Even Tom Brady's had some. But the way that Deshaun has has not shown up in several games like the ones you just talked about, especially when they matter the most. Again, I think that's one of the things that's going to separate him from being a good quarterback as opposed to a superstar elite quarterback. And I think going back to Deshaun and the Texans' offense, I think that is at least part of the reason that the defense didn't play well on Sunday is that they, they were out on the field quite a bit. Now, that's not the only reason. They they definitely did not play well when they had the chance to make the stops. But I think some of that was on Deshaun and the offense for not playing the ball control and, and just being able to get anything going on the running game, yeah, you know, uh, Carlos Hyde had that uh, big run to, to score the touchdown. A couple good runs by Duke Johnson, but other than that, the running game was was basically a no show. And of course, as we mentioned, Deshaun was inaccurate in the passing game.
0: Yeah, the, the Carlos Hyde's rush yards per carry is going to be uh, a little bit skewed because of that. I mean, that's a forty-yard, three-yard touchdown where they're just conceding run at that point. It's late in the game. It's basically. Uh, defense is saying we're going to worry about the pass and that's about it. So Carlos Hyde gets the big touchdown there, but I mean, it looks great. He's got 7.2 yards per carry at the end of the game, but uh, what, what, what does it matter when, you know, 41 yards of that is that play and it, you know, Duke Johnson, I thought his runs were pretty good. Um, not, not a ton in, in in the trash time runs and, you know, he had 6.7 yards per carry, but the fact is, uh, you know, this is about this offense lives and dies with Deshaun. DeAndre Hopkins was making some big catches early in the game. They were just missing each other a couple of times. Yes, that should have been a pass interference uh, on the fourth down. That could have, you know, helped the Texans quite a bit. But, I mean, look, you're not going to get that overturned in the NFL this year. I mean, how many times are we going to see it before you go, yeah, unless, unless a guy gets gunned down, on the uh, by the defensive back uh before the ball is caught it, it, it's it, they're not calling it it's just it's not going to happen as soon as bill o'brien challenges i'm like well there's a waste of a challenge there's a waste of a timeout you know it's you're just treading wheels i mean you're you're treading your wheels right there cuz it's they're not going to call it ever and and it's stupid and we could talk for that about how, how stupid uh, the NFL referees are and how screwed up the NFL referee system is right now, and I could go on for days. But I think everybody knows that, so I think I'm just wasting my breath there.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think I saw a stat where was it less than nine percent of those have been overturned. I, I mean, yeah, coaches, I think, really need to figure that out. Now, Bill O'Brien is not the only one, but he's done it several times this year, so you know we have to point to it that it's just not – it has to be blatant. It has to be a Saints-Rams thing. And even then, you almost have to wonder. But when it's that close, the refs just aren't going to call it. And, you know, that wasn't the difference in the game, obviously. But but it's something to think about. If he's going to continue to challenge that week after week and keep wasting timeouts the way he has several other times this season, it's going to be a waste. And I want to get back to QT for a moment because, you know, at first we were kind of curious as to – why was Kiki QT not out there if he wasn't injured? Well, I, I think it it started to come out, you know, in the weeks following that that he was in Bill O'Brien's doghouse. He wasn't picking up the playbook, wasn't running the routes properly, and I think we saw that again on Sunday that it, his head is either just it's just not there. He's either not picking up something, or he he's just not he, he's just not being effective. Period. And we definitely saw it during the game with that drop pass and a couple other plays that he didn't make. Since,
0: uh, I mean, we kind of know what happened. It was a disaster. I mean, we, we have to look ahead a little bit here. And uh, Stephen, I, I don't know how else to say this, but you you beat the Colts and you still got a shot to win the division. Uh, you're likely the front runner maybe at that point. Um, if you look at potentially the schedule, although the Colts schedule is real, real easy from, from there on. But the Texans after that Patriots game, after the Colts game, isn't too difficult of a schedule, but I don't know how you're stopping the Colts' receive, receivers and, and and Jacoby Brissett because you still haven't beat Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you're not going to get a pass rush. You now have no Lonnie Johnson. If Bradley Roby was going to be ready if e- in either of these two games, I would assume it would have been on Sunday. But maybe they were saving him just to be sure, and they're going to have him in there on Thursday. But you you absolutely have to have have to, have to, have to have Bradley Roby out there for T.Y. Hilton, or I don't know who's covering him. I mean, they they weren't comfortable enough with putting their new cornerback, Vernon Hargroves, out there. Uh, Gary and Conley was getting beat a couple of times uh, in this one. I mean, he just looks like, he he doesn't look like a first-round talent to me. He looks like he's kind of just a guy a lot of times, and the, the 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 touchdown pass that he got beat on early in the game I thought was pretty bad. So, I mean... If the Texans are going to win this game, they've got to figure out some way to stop Jacoby Brissett and Bradley Roby's got to be out of the. You have to have a healthy Bradley Roby out there, or I don't even know how they're even in this game. Uh, you also need to start sending some blitzes. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can just let the quarterback sit there all day, you know, and just pick pick apart your defense. I mean, you've got to start sending more guys because. I mean, the Texans don't have a prayer otherwise.
1: Yeah, well, coming into the Ravens game, we felt like if the Texans won that game, let's say they lost to the Colts or lost to the Patriots, beat one or the other, win two of those three games, I think they're still in a great position. But now that they've lost the Ravens game, you've got the short turnaround against the Colts, then you have the Patriots. If they go one and two, it's definitely going to put a damper on what was starting to become – a rather promising season, and the Texans were, were starting to look like a team that could have been in the top three or four in the AFC in the playoff run. But it, it clearly hasn't happened. And yeah, I absolutely agree with you about having Roby out there with uh, T. Y. Hilton always being a threat, and having basically the, the Texans pretty much his his practice squad every time he faces them. So, you know, now the the pressure is really on the Texans to to win. The Colts game certainly from a divisional standpoint, but you know, if even if you do and you don't beat the Patriots, you're still going to put yourself in a very awkward position. And you know, beating the Ravens, yeah, it was a tough choice to, to do it on the road, but it, it clearly is something the Texans really could have done, but certainly not the way they played on Sunday. My weekly Bill O'Brien
0: report card uh, is not good. Uh, first of all, Bill O'Brien early in the game they have a Third and fourth, or there's it was a fourth down, I should say, and uh, they call a timeout. And after the timeout, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Steven, it was right after the timeout. They then get called on the next play for players not lining up in the right position, right? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, th- so that, that was terrible. So, you have to call a timeout, which was. Just seemed like they were, I don't know, typical kind of Texans. Once a game, you can count on some sort of disorganization. Maybe that's the way for all the teams. But here's where I really get frustrated with Bill O'Brien. The Texans, they didn't look like they were ready to play in this game. They had two weeks to prepare. He has a history of this, uh, Stephen. He has a history of coming out of like a bye week and and not necessarily – uh, like gangbusters. You're like, where is, what has he been doing the last two weeks? Uh, th- this is a, a problem with Bill O'Brien is the more time he has to prepare sometimes, the, it feels like the worse it goes.
1: Well, you know, and you wonder because he, he gave the players several days off, but the coaches continued to work. So it's not like O'Brien, you know, took a week vacation with the players and uh, went fishing or played golf or anything. I mean, the coaches were always there. So, you know, maybe O'Brien should have taken the, <laughs> some time off or something, but uh, it obviously didn't help the players. But, Yeah, I almost wonder if the bye week, even though it was well-timed because it was coming after the London trip and you were banged up, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but sometimes, you know, the, the Texans had such great momentum, sometimes a bye week can be a momentum buster. And no, I'm certainly not insinuating that is the main reason that the Texans came out flat, but you have to kind of wonder, is that at least a factor that they came out flat. The offense, a lot of that was on Deshaun, like I said, but the
0: penalties that Bill O'Brien is emphasizing, because there's been a ton of them all year, and they come out in this game, Omenahu lines up in the neutral zone. DJ Reader lines up in the neutral zone. Zach Cunningham with the killer face mask penalty. Maybe that's just something that happens. Uh, Lonnie Johnson hands to the face and 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 a terrible pass interference penalty. Uh, that's a rookie. So that's... But the, the this lined up in the neutral zone stuff is bad. But Bill O'Brien's most egregious thing that he did the entire day, the worst part of the Bill O'Brien experience in this Ravens game, was it's stupid and incompetent to have Deshaun Watson in the game midway in the fourth quarter after he'd hurt his ankle and the game is over and you got the Colts in five. It's just... It's literal incompetent,
1: Stephen. Absolutely agree with you, and you know what the Ravens even figured that out, and they were the ones ahead in the game. They pulled Lamar Jackson and they put Robert Griffin the third in in the fourth quarter when the game was well in hand they even the Ravens haven't that figured out. I don't understand and and Bill O'Brien's not the only coach that does this in fact, really, you look across the n f l hardly ever will you see a team who is either way up or way down in the score. Let their backup quarterback get in there. And especially, Robert, the Texans case with not only because they were losing the game so badly because Deshaun just took such a beating, but they have such a short turnaround. They're going to be playing the Colts on Thursday. You know, even if he was relatively healthy, wouldn't it have made more sense to get him out of there, make sure not only that he didn't get hurt, but give him a little bit more rest with the short turnaround. Let A.J. McCarron get some action. He hadn't seen any action all year. So why not give him some garbage time in case Deshaun does get hurt? Because I'm telling you, with the beating that Deshaun is taking, it's just a matter of time. It only takes one play. I, I surely thought he was going to have to come out of the game when he hurt his ankle. But, you know, he gritted his teeth. He toughed it out and stayed in there. But look, you, uh, no human being can take that kind of beating and not survive it. I mean, he did it last year, believe it or not. But there's going to come a time you're going to need your backup. So why not get him some time? You know, A.J. McCarron was hurt during the preseason, so he really hasn't seen any action at all. And if Deshaun gets hurt, whether it's Thursday against the Patriots or whenever, you're going to ask him to come in with with basically no action for the entire season. So I don't understand what these coaches are thinking, why why they can't give their backup a little more time when you know the game is well in hand. Yeah, I just it makes no sense. I mean, I just...
0: I just think that's stupid. I mean, I, I don't know what it, 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 your reasoning is is going to be in that situation, especially when, when Deshaun had the ankle thing happen in the first half. And, you know, who knows if he was even right after that? I mean, who's to say? Well, he was
1: starting to become even more. And I mean, he was certainly inaccurate before that, but it looked like it, it kind of looked like he wasn't stepping into his throws as well after he injured the ankle. So you have to kind of wonder if that was a factor.
0: Yeah, the other thing, I mean, if you look at the rest of this season, I mean, let's be honest, uh, even if you get past the Patriots, you've you got the Titans a couple of times, and you just want to say, oh, the Titans, they're beatable. Yeah, they're beatable, but they look a little bit reinvigorated after uh, put Ryan Tannehill in as the quarterback instead of Mar- Mariota, so maybe th- that's not gimmies at all. Um, and, and then you've also got – a frisky Tampa team that their defense sucks, but their offense is, they can move the ball. You know, I mean, they're going to score some points and the Texans have proven that they can give up points if you you can move the ball through the the air. So, I mean, I just look at the rest of the season and go, man, if the Texans lose against the Colts, this whole season could just, it could go right into the ditch. I mean, you could see the Texans go seven and nine or even six and 10. I mean, it, it, it could be the last game that they win. I mean, the Broncos are not a gimme either, which is one of their last four games. I mean, I just, you know, this Colts game is we're going to see where where the Texans are and how tough they are and where Deshaun is in his development, if he can come back from something like this. And hopefully, you know, he's his ankle somewhere close to 90% or 80% or at least, you know, salvageable for this game on Thursday night because they need him to score the football from here on out. I mean, that's the only way they're going to win games.
1: Well, you can look at it that way, but, you know, the way the NFL has gone this year, you could also turn it over and say, you know, the Texans could could easily bounce back and surprise everybody, beat the Colts, beat the Patriots, move on down the line. I mean, it could go the other way. It's just, It's been a crazy season for the NFL. So, yeah, they, they could suddenly fall on their face. A, a game like a Sunday's game could basically have broken their momentum and they just completely fall apart the rest of the season or – Maybe it'll be a wake-up call, and they'll turn things around. They have a very short rest period on Thursday night, primetime, against the Colts, and uh, beat them, and then, lo and behold, beat the Patriots at home, and the season continues. So, yeah, it remains to be seen, but uh, boy, a game like Sunday, you you thought that the Texans could at least be in a shootout with the Ravens. That's kind of what I was predicting. I wasn't sure if they could beat Baltimore on the road or stop Lamar Jackson, but... I expected more of a Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson shootout, and it didn't happen. Duke Johnson
0: was active for the 10th time this season, so the Texans officially give up a third-round pick to the Browns, if anybody has forgotten, because that's how many times he had to be active this season to go from the fourth to the third-round pick. And if you're panicking about giving up a third-round pick, let's go over some Texans (laughs) third-round pick history. Uh, This year, Kahele Waring, who's yet to see the field, uh, we've got, I don't know, let's go through a Martinez Rankin, Deontay Foreman, Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong, Lewis Nix, Brennan Williams, Sam Montgomery. Stop me w- when you want to say mercy, Stephen. It's Daveer Posey, Antoine Caldwell, Vernon Morincy, Seth Wan, Dave Ragone, Antoine Peak, Charles Hill, and the list goes on and on and on.
1: And only one of those is still with the club. And one, the first one you mentioned, Haley okay, Waring, he hasn't even played, so... Yeah, there's your there's your history lesson for the day, everybody, <laughs> what the Texans do on their third-round pick. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to be crying over spilt milk with losing a third-round pick. And, look, Duke Johnson has has contributed to some extent with the Texans. I mean, his pass-catching ability and uh, the, the ability for him to run. I, I, I'm i not going to lose any sleep over losing a third-round pick because he's played 10 games active.
0: Yeah, and then you've got, besides all of that, you have uh... – Justin Reed who was one of your third round picks and he just that shoulder just all year long has been ridiculously tough on him so hopefully you can piece together something as far as the safeties because you've already got the cornerback issues and then another third round pick Jordan Aikens uh who was was he invisible
1: in this game? I don't remember his name being Pretty called much. I I think his name called a couple of times but nothing nothing substantial certainly. Yeah, and he's
0: had a decent season. I mean, we we have to remember that the Texans tight ends going into today, eight touchdowns, which led the entire NFL in touchdowns for tight ends. So the tight end position uh, sort of reinvigorated this year. We've talked about that. Darren fells, obviously the majority of that, but uh, we might see Jordan Thomas become active because they've got a three week window. They once he practiced uh, they've got three weeks before uh, they've got to decide whether Jordan Thomas is active. And you know what, if, if, Kiki QT can't give you anything, and I'm not a big Stephen Mitchell fan. Then why not activate Jordan Thomas and let's play Jordan Aikens in the slot? Some give somebody out, get somebody out there who
1: can do something and knows that maybe knows what patterns to run. You know, and isn't it crazy that the slot just seems to be the one receiver position the Texans just can't seem to fill? I mean, they put player after player in there, and Nobody is really shy. I mean, they put Kenny Stills in there a time or two, and he's looked pretty good, but he certainly doesn't play that on a consistent basis. So, yeah, once again, you know, every season we keep coming into this saying, okay, the, the Texans need to fill that slot receiver. Maybe it's going to be QT. Maybe it's going to be DeAndre Carter. Maybe it's going to be Mitchell. Maybe it's going to be somebody. None of them have stood out. So that position continues to be a weak spot. Doesn't help that Will Fuller can't stay
0: healthy because Kenny Stills is not playing the slot because Will Fuller is hurt. Maybe he'll be back soon he was a, a question mark going into this game and, and and sort of a late scratch so there's still that possibility that he could be back maybe even as soon as Thursday I doubt it I mean it just doesn't seem like likely with the injury that he had so uh I, I you know I, I mentioned the Texans are playing the Broncos later as we're talking here Steven the Broncos lose to the Vikings 27 to 23 but the, you know like I said that that's a frisky team they're, they're three and seven. But the record might be a little bit deceiving because if you're playing the Vikings in Minnesota to a four point game and it basically came down to the last play of the game, an incomplete pass in the end zone could have been caught by their 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 tight end or wide receiver. So, I mean, you know, they're going to be difficult. And and man, it's just like this schedule. We knew at the beginning of the season, it was no joke. And it's 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 as tough as we
1: thought it was going to be. Well, it is, and I I think the Broncos, uh, they were behind quite a bit early in that game, so they mounted a comeback, but, I mean, you know, you look at the Texans, and what are they, 6-4 and now, so, I mean, there's still at at least a a chance that they can turn things around, and with a tough schedule, I think, after 10 games, I would have probably, I I certainly would have taken them at 6-4. and So all is not completely lost, but, you know, games like the Broncos, though, uh, those are the games you've got to win. You know, especially since you lost to the Ravens and who knows what will happen with the Colts and the Patriots. I mean, teams like the Broncos, the Titans, and those those are games you just you've got to win those kind of games, especially if you're going to fall flat on your face like the Texans did this Sunday.
0: Not a lot of next man up stuff for the Texans on Sunday. But when we talk about the James Hardens or the Rockets in 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 a couple of days, Stephen, uh, we, we've got some next man ups for, for, for those guys that they, they've been doing their job. We're going to get to that in our next show, but, uh, tough loss for the Texans. I mean, tough is like an understatement, A kind of a devastating one. The injuries, uh, the slaughter, the whole, whole nine yards. It was bad, bad, bad Texans lose, uh, 41 to seven and they are now six and four and it's, oh my God, it's a big game. On Thursday, This is the season on Thursday, so you're going to want to tune in on Thursday night for football with the Texans and the Colts, and hopefully they can get the train back on the track, so to speak. But uh, uh, that's all for this one. We'll talk to you again in just a few days. You're listening
1: to Houston Sports Talk.